Welcome to the Wisconsin Music Podcast. Here to introduce you to the great musicians and music businesses and organizations of Wisconsin. Every week, Wisconsin Music Podcast will be bringing you great information on what's happening in the Wisconsin music world. For our music-loving listeners, we'll bring you music that you haven't even heard of yet from unique and talented artists and hear about their journey so far. You'll either hear live performances of their songs or songs from their selected discography. For our musicians out there wondering what they can do to further their recognition, we'll be calling upon Wisconsin music businesses and organizations to enlighten you on what they're doing to help further your music journey. And now, here's your host, Zach. Thanks, Dean. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Wisconsin Music Podcast. This week, we have Jared Judge. He has a diverse career in music and technology, and having two degrees in music, he served as an elementary and high school band director and ran a nonprofit opera house. As a self-proclaimed tech geek, he has built many websites and apps. When he launched his wedding string quartet, Dream City Strings, it immediately became the top gigging string quartet in Milwaukee. As the administrative work piled high, he launched BookLive as a tool to automate much of that work and to help other musicians run profitable live music businesses. He now coaches hundreds of performing groups on making a living off of music. He also talks about his free gigging book, so tune in for that. And let's just get right into the conversation with Jared. So let's welcome Jared Judge to the Wisconsin Music Podcast. Welcome to the Wisconsin Music Podcast. We have Jared Judge here from Book Live, and he's going to talk about his music endeavors and how Book Live got together. So, why don't you kind of give us your music origin story? Yeah, for sure. Um, so, I run Book Live, B O O K L I V E dot com. I've been a musician ever since I was a kid. In fact, I've always wanted to play drums, but my parents insisted in fourth grade that I play a quote unquote musical instrument. <laughs> so um, they took me to a concert. I don't remember who exactly it, who it was, but it was a solo violinist on stage. And I just fell in love with what I saw and what I heard. And since that moment, I wanted to pursue music as a kid. I didn't know what being a professional musician meant at that time. But, uh, you know, I fell in love with music. So I did the whole K-12, well, not K-12, but fourth grade is when I started violin, stuck with it all the way through middle school, high school, and then became a music major. I actually was undecided. I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do, but I knew that I wanted to go to a school that had a good marching band because senior year of high school, I finally got my way and got to play drums in the marching band and took lessons and all that. So I knew I wanted to go to a college with a good marching band, went to Penn State because it's a Big Ten school and got to play bass drum in front of 104,000 fans cheering for the the football team and got my music education degree. Taught public school music for a couple of years in New Jersey and then um, decided I wanted to keep going because I'd fallen in love with music even more in undergrad and discovered that I actually really loved my conducting classes. Because when you're a music education student, they force you to take a lot of different classes and different disciplines. And one of those was how to conduct. And 
you know, the minute I got to stand in front of these musicians and help them make music at a higher level, that was so thrilling to me. And so after two years of teaching public school music, um, it was right before my third year that I was like, I want to pursue this a little bit more deeply and get my master's degree in orchestra conducting. And also I had an ex-girlfriend. She wasn't an ex at the time, but she, she was a she was in Madison, going to UW-Madison, and I was in New Jersey teaching, and it was just kind of fate that like, I got a scholarship to go to UW-Milwaukee to pursue orchestra conducting. And so it was during that time where I was really taking this seriously and trying to make it big, and for my specific, you know, corner of music which is like orchestra conducting the route that you typically take is you do auditions and competitions and that kind of thing and just hoping that one person says yes and that gives you the green light for your career which that's pretty typical for not just orchestra conducting but other things too you're relying on one person to give you the yes or no decision on something important and so I was spending thousands of dollars, like taking these auditions, flying across the country, and I was getting rejected left and right. You know, everybody was saying, no, come back next year, maybe. And the, the last audition I took was for the Air Force Band. Okay. So I flew from Milwaukee to Washington, D.C. Air Force Band had an opening for conductor. I was like, I'm going to audition spent hours preparing their specific music, got to stand in front of these amazing Air Force musicians. And when you're a conductor, like, it's very scary having a 100, you know, uniformed military people looking up at you and judging your musical ability. Uh, but I kept going and they sounded amazing, like one of the best musical experiences I have ever had. So then afterwards, the commander pulls me into his office and asks me to shut the door. And at that point, I was kind of nervous. Like, why is he asking me to shut the door? And he says, Jared, that was a really good audition. I could tell that you're talented as a conductor. You've got great musicianship, but I cannot offer you the job at this time. Try again in a year. But I couldn't try again in a year because I was graduating in three months. Uh. Like I would have had to get a real job and. I'd done the teaching thing and I enjoyed it, but I didn't want to go back to it. I wanted to play music. Like that was what I wanted to do from the beginning. So before I graduated, like when I got back to UWM from my audition, told my teachers what happened, they said, that's too bad. Just keep trying. You know, maybe one day you'll, you'll get it. And I said, like, I need to make money. Time is running out for me. How do I make money with music? if I'm not winning these auditions and they shrugged their shoulders and said, if you want career advice, maybe ask the business school. Yeah. So that felt a little less than ideal, but I actually took their advice. And before I graduated, I walked over to the Lubar school of business and I said, Hey, I'm this nerdy orchestra conducting kid. I want to learn how to make a living with music. What do I do? And that's when I actually got the most important piece of music advice I've ever received. It's the whole, it's the thing that set me up for everything that I've done since then. They told me, you need to launch a live music business 
and sell your musical services as the product, which I didn't quite understand what that meant. So I joined their student startup challenge, which was, there were a lot of business majors in it, but also others, like there were artists, there were like science majors, and they were all starting their own business through this challenge. And that's when I decided I was starting Dream City Music, which is my string quartet. And we also do a little bit of other stuff too. But they told me, start a live music business and sell your musical services as a product or as a service. And so I did that through this challenge. They taught me how to market myself as a musician. Then they actually taught me how to sell myself as a musician. Like when somebody's interested, what do I say to convince them to actually book me and pay me a fair wage, not just like 50 bucks and a pitcher of beer. So I learned how to market myself, how to sell myself. And eventually Dream City, it, um, you know, we actually booked over $100,000 worth of gigs in a year, in a single year. Wow. And that became like a re repeatable thing for us to do. So that's kind of the origin story. And that kind of led to me starting to teach other musicians and launching booklive.com, which is a software tool that helps with a lot of that admin work that goes into that. Okay. And I could get more into that later, but I wanted to just pause for, for a moment there. And yeah, that's the origin story. Nice. Very nice. I also have my music education degree. I've been teaching for over 20 years now. Awesome. Yeah. Um, actually, I am an alumni of UW-Milwaukee. That's amazing. Was um, when, uh, where do you, I was just saying, was was Marjorie there for the orchestra conducting, or was somebody else there when you went through it? Margie had had retired a couple years prior to okay. me coming. Okay. Yeah, but I've heard of her and I've worked with her through UCO actually. Yeah. Excellent. Um. So so this is kind of like your soapbox. This is kind of like your way to kind of tell the listeners all about booklive.com and what the great things that they can get working with you. So kind of, you know, give us your elevator pitch plus the details that you think is going to help people pick up, or I shouldn't say pick up the phone anymore, you know, email you or, or get in contact with you to, you know, work with you basically. Yeah. Okay. For sure. So I talked about my story of how I built up Dream City strings from nothing to you know a business that brings in over 100k each year for just my musical services right many musicians aren't there yet some of them are which is awesome and i i support getting there but for most musicians who aren't there yet they're worried like how do i do that or you know learning the business of it sounds too scary and we'd rather just focus on building our following which doesn't really translate to gigs so what I've done is since I learned that blueprint of how to start a live music business and sell my services as part of that business, I wrote a book. It's called Gigging Secrets. And that is a book that I am giving away for free to musicians. Um, they just have to pay a little bit to cover the shipping costs from Milwaukee. And, but that book contains like the entire blueprint of how I did it from scratch and all the lessons that I learned from the business school that how I, how did I apply that to music? Okay. Do you want to kind of go over that book a little bit, you know, kind of give us what the chapters are and kind of what you're covering in that whole thing. So people can get a really good idea of what, even though you say it's free, they still probably want to know what's in the book. Yeah, sure. Definitely. So yeah, gigging secrets 
it's a book it's subtitled the underground playbook to making a living performing and it's really in three sections the first section is all about positioning yourself for high paying gigs this is like the mindset shift from from starving artist to somebody who's in control of their music career it includes all the internal decisions that most musicians don't make but they make all of the difference kind of think about it like when you play a gig the decisions you make about how you book that gig and how you price your services and even how you talk about it those those decisions scale up to all of the gigs that you play so if there's something flawed about your original decision like if you don't set a rate that's high enough or that has a profit margin built in then every single gig that you play is going to have some sort of problem with it that doesn't advance your career in the way that you want it to so the first section positioning gets all of those decisions out there in the open so that when you do eventually have the opportunity to market and sell the gig then there the gigs that you do market and sell are all solid and are designed in a way that makes you a sustainable income okay the second second section is about marketing the gig so the biggest challenge is that most musicians people just simply don't know about you you face the problem of obscurity and that's why podcasts like the wisconsin music podcast exists that's why you know you, you have to work to put your message out there the problem is they don't teach how to do that to musicians they definitely didn't teach me in music school no um and i know they they don't teach that in private lessons like if you take guitar lessons from somebody they're not going to say okay here's how you get the word out there about yourself mm -hmm. they're going to teach you guitar right so that that's part of what i learned at the business school and applied to um my musicianship was what do i need to do like most of the most people book musicians online how do you take advantage of that fact where are the people who could book you hanging out online what are the words you need to put on your website to actually make it appealing? Because that's another thing that the book covers is the website. Most musicians' websites really just, they talk to other musicians. They say, here's the cool things that I do. Here are the teachers that I've studied with. Here's, my, um, here's what's on my pedal board. But the thing is, the people who are hiring you, most of them don't care. They care more about the result that you get for them. And if you can put that on a website and put the right words on it, then all of a sudden they're going to become really interested in you and they'll give you their contact information interested in possibly booking you. Gotcha. So that's kind of the marketing section. There's a lot more to it, of course. Mm -hmm. And then the final section is about selling the gig, which is really about how do you convince somebody to book you? Once they say they're interested, there's a high likelihood that they're going to say no, unless you say the right things in your conversation. Like I've seen this all too often where a musician gets an email from somebody like, Hey, we're doing a holiday party. Like, are you guys available? And how much does it cost? Then most musicians will just say, yes, we're available. It's 200 bucks or something. Um, and then send it back. And then they don't hear back. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm sure that's that's happened to so many people. That happened to me when I started too, because my email honestly was not good. So that's where I've learned how to actually sell people. I've gone through a lot of sales trainings, not in a way that makes it sleazy to sell, but in a way that builds the value of what you're selling. Can you give an example? 
Yeah. So one of the tools in that selling section is called the offer stack. And so here's the problem is that most musicians don't articulate the value that their performances give. And as a result, people don't understand the value and they don't want to book you. Or they say, why are you charging so much? The offer stack shows you, it breaks out your performance into specific line items, like four musicians at $250 a piece for one hour. That's $1,000 of value. Plus we're bringing over 20 grand worth of instruments and electronic equipment. So that's already uh, $21,000 worth of value we're bringing to you. Plus our song list is over 300 songs. And we've paid anywhere between $25 and $100 to have that song created for us. So that's another, I don't know, the math is getting fuzzy here, I get but that's you. another $13,000. Yeah. So just b- putting an offer stack together is a way to sell a gig because you share that offer stack with somebody else and they get it. It's not just, I'm hiring music, I'm getting all of these things too. And it seems like that kind of money is more for like private events do you have something in there that kind of helps, you know, like a bar band or um, one that tries to do festivals or, you know, places like that where it's almost like a set value or a set price? For sure. And, and some of those things um, apply to both, for sure. One of the big strategies, like, you know, let's be real. Most bar band, uh, most bar gigs don't pay enough to actually sustain you to make a living. Right. That's why most musicians have have day jobs or other things that they do. Um, So part of the strategy is to find those high paying jobs that are also high value, uh, high volume. So there are enough of them out there in a given year that also pay high enough for you to actually sustain your music career. If you choose to do that, uh, play full time. But some of the, like a lot of the tools in the book will not just benefit those high paying mostly private events. Yes. It will also benefit the public events too. Okay. Uh, just being able to articulate your value. Nice. So they order the book, they pay for the typical shipping for it. What will be the next step after they've gone through the book and kind of got a pretty good hold of all the information inside of it. Yeah. So if they go through the book and they really follow the steps that I put together then they are going to start booking a lot of gigs. And when that happens, then they'll be very busy with admin work. So booking gigs is a lot of work. We all know that. We all appreciate the band leaders who put that work in. And it takes a lot of time to put those together, especially if you're doing it the right way. You've got to write contracts. You have to manage payments and keep track of them. Not to mention you also have to schedule your bandmates, if you're running a band, you have to uh, organize your set lists. You have to pay your bandmates afterwards. It can add up to hours per gig. And if you're busy with other things too, like it's two full-time jobs that you're, you're working at the same time. This was me right after I started, you know, after I did the student startup challenge, I got really busy with my work and I was booking so much that when I was using all these spreadsheets and things, you try to be as detailed and organized as possible, but sometimes, you know, I'm only human and sometimes you make a mistake. And so for me, the mistake that changed everything for me was um, this one Saturday in October, uh, 
I had just gotten married and I wanted to take my wife, Emily, out on a date to an apple orchard about an hour west of Milwaukee. As we're picking Honeycrisp apples, I get a phone call. I see on the caller ID, it's a wedding planner who I'd worked with before. And I had checked all of my spreadsheets and my text messages and everything that I could have Google Calendar. There were no gigs on the on the list for today. And she calls and I answer, kind of shaking, like, what's going on? She screams at me. The bride and groom walk down the aisle in 10 minutes. Where the heck are the strings? Oh. Yeah. That's something you never want to hear. No. And I never want to hear ever again in my life. So I had screwed up somehow with all of my organization. I just wasn't organized enough. And I missed a gig. And it sucked. I felt like... Everything I had worked so hard for up until this point, I had just ruined it in an instant. I'm surprised that the wedding planner didn't even call you just like a week before or even a couple of days before just to make sure everything was still a go, you know, in case you were sick or just making sure you were still available or something like that. Yeah, that's that's a reasonable thought for sure. Um, but, you know, one of the things that I learned in my undergraduate conducting class was like, Everything that happens when you're leading a group is your fault. Yep. Even if it's not, Mm -hmm. you have to take extreme ownership of what you do. And that's why I was beating myself up so hard after that missed gig. Yeah. Luckily local musician, Anthony Deutsch, uh, he was the DJ for that wedding. I called him up and I said, Hey, Anthony, I screwed up this wedding. Could you please DJ for their ceremony for me? And he's like, I got you, which was amazing. Nice. Thank you, Anthony. Yeah. And I called and apologized the, the bride and groom afterwards. I apologized to their parents. I apologized to the wedding planner. I basically went on an apology tour. Yeah. And I paid for, like, I refunded them for the strings that they booked. I also paid for their DJing. And I said, if there's anything I can do at all to make this up, please let me know. But then I went back home and went to Lakefront Brewery to, you know, drink my tar. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it was that bad. So here's where, like, the next step of what do you do when it becomes too busy for you? So as I was ready to come home from that bar, um, I didn't want to drive home, of course. So I did the responsible thing and called an Uber. Mm-hmm. And I noticed that it was like I was seeing the Uber app for the first time. I noticed that this Uber app was kind of managing a gig for the driver. It told the driver the date, the time for the pickup, the venue for the pickup, and then it told them what they're getting paid, and it also paid them after the gig. It was literally like an assistant telling this driver where to go as a manager. Right. And, and I was thinking to myself, I need a manager that can manage me as I'm managing these other people. Then I would never m- miss another gig. And honestly, I could probably save myself 20 to 40 hours a week just in managing all these gigs. So I looked online, did anything like this exist for music? Because I'm not an Uber driver. I couldn't find one. So I dusted off the old coding workbook that I had back when I was a nerd in middle school. Actually, I'm, I'm still a nerd, but <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> dusted off the coding workbook, put in a couple all-nighters and had the very first version of Book Live. I put in the very next wedding and I said, I need two violins, a viola and a cello but it could honestly be any type of instruments, you know, a rhythm guitar, lead guitar, bass, drums, keys. And I said, okay, 
get me those four musicians and let me know how it goes. Press the button. Within 30 seconds, my phone vibrated and it said, Paul just accepted the request to play first violin. You are playing second violin. Dana is not available on viola, but instead I've already gotten Denise to play. And Jackie already said she's available too. So you've got your quartet. Nice. And I didn't have to send out those text messages or emails. I didn't have to mark who's playing what in the spreadsheet. It did it all for me. And it was at that point where I was like Dobby the house elf after Harry Potter threw him a sock. I was like, free. <laughs> Excellent. So, yeah. Of course, over the years, I've improved it and I've let other musicians sign up for it too. And now it's being used by just under 2,000 musicians across the U.S. and Canada to run their busy gigging acts and also help them grow it to the next level. Fantastic. Yeah, I can see how, you know, if a certain person is looking for putting a certain kind of band together for a certain situation and there are, you know, musicians in that area and they're, even if they're like just by themselves and they're traveling from town to town, but they need musicians to cover certain parts with enough time, you know, with music or whatever, they could learn their parts and put the gig together with you. Yeah. And, and it's not just for that type of musician too. There is a regular, there's a cover band, uh, the Fresh Makers out in California. They're a regular five person group that they use all of this too, just because Eric, the band leader, he just would like to take all that work off of his shoulders because mm-hmm. he has to manage checking their availability for each gig and confirming the set list. And if he doesn't have to do that work, then he could focus on marketing the group, selling more gigs, and then spending more time with his family. Yeah, definitely. So obviously there is a fee for this, right? For people to be on it. That's right. It is a 40 a month subscription, which we think if you can save yourself 20 to 40 hours a week in this kind of work, if you're doing that much time, you'll be able to supplement that with more paying gigs or you know if you want to earn income teaching lessons so it pays for itself very quickly Um, but we also give out a free two-week trial at booklivepro.com if you would like to try it for free okay um who else could probably use this besides like string quartets or cover bands or what about other businesses in the music field like maybe a podcaster or a recording studio or something like that would that be something that would be beneficial to them or do you think maybe not the software is very much designed from a live music perspective like yes there are elements of it that could work for other businesses like you know digital contracts and collecting payments and even scheduling podcast guests that could work but ultimately to combine together the combination of tools is designed for live music okay Um, and that's where we want to kind of stay for a while and really you know help as many musicians as possible okay cool well i just want to make sure you know listeners know that what this is really geared towards and like you just covered it's mostly for live musicians which is great i think what you're doing is going to be very helpful because like you said some people make mistakes sometimes you forget to write something down but if you just put it in this app right away then you know you have musicians ready to go for that date for that gig yeah for sure and even if you just want to take some of that like emotional burden off of you like i have to be the one to remember every detail and it's really hard to come across as professional unless you're using a tool that 
professionalism is the default. Right. And from what everything you explained about it, mostly what it seemed like what you explained about it was getting musicians to be a part of a gig. What other great things can this app do for those musicians? Yeah. So, you know, part of what I teach in gigging secrets is sell gigs using a contract um, where possible. Cause I know of course many bar gigs, that's simply not possible, but you know, writing and sending contracts is kind of a pain, especially if you're using like a word document, then you print it out and sign it, put it in the mail, hope that it doesn't get lost. And then they sign it and bring it back. This kind of gives you a DocuSign like okay. platform. So you can generate contracts with the date time venue pay already pre-filled and then get the signature back within minutes. Um, it also allows musicians to take credit cards for their gigs, which that's a big paradigm shift. Most musicians get paid in cash or check. The thing is, you know, if you're playing a wedding, brides and grooms don't like carrying checks in their, their pockets. Also, who wants to chase down those people for payment after the gig if you could just get paid electronically before the gig happens? So that's another benefit. Um, set list planning. So, you know, I see so many people put together Word documents of their set list for every single gig. Well, what if you could just put it into the system or if you're playing a wedding or something where people can choose your, their set list based on your songs, your library of songs, then it would automatically distribute those set lists to the people playing the gig. It also is the home to our training courses. So we have some training courses. Like if you read the book and you want to see in detail, like how did you actually set that up? Like how did you drag and drop the elements on the website? There are training courses inside the software that actually show you the gigging secrets principles in action. Oh, okay. So why don't you kind of cover that a little bit? Uh, it's, Kind of just similar to, to what I mentioned, um, we're always adding new courses, but like literally it's just a screen capture of me presenting these, the gigging secrets concepts. And then you can watch me as I, you know, put together the website of somebody else and go through what goes into a good website. How do you hire a logo designer on a website like Fiverr or something? If you don't have a logo designer you work with, um, then there's also a training course on how to use BookLive software. We call it BookLive 101. That just shows you like, here's how to automate a live music business. Because the word automation is scary. We don't want it to be scary. It just means having a computer do things that you have, you're already doing manually so you don't have to do them. Right. So it's how to use the software. Cool. Um, Try to think else, what else I can ask you about this. Um. So for you said it's $40 a month and includes, besides using it, like you said, as a getting um, performers to work together on a gig, you also have the courses. How many courses are in there right now? Uh, right now there are three courses. Okay. And how long are they each about? Um, it depends on the course, you know, like between two hours and five hours. Yeah. So you're definitely getting your money's worth. 
Because sometimes, you know, they, you know, people have, you know, I have this free book and then I have these courses and then the courses are only like 20 minutes or something like that. And they're paying like $99 a month or whatever for to only have a, a few minutes of actual learning. But yours with multiple hours, that sounds like a really good deal for, you know, 40 bucks a month. And they can always go back and review and double check. And like you said, you're going to be adding more courses over time, correct? Yeah, that's right. Okay. So what are the, what are the name of the, th- are the three courses do um, correlate with the three sections of the book that you have for free? No, they do not. Okay. Um, So what are the three courses? Yeah. So there's book live 101, which is how to automate all the stuff that goes into your live music business. Then there is gigging secrets course, which is how to launch a live music business and sell your music as a service. Um, And then there is a third one, which that one we're playing around with the name of, uh, we're calling it the gig sales uh, presentation training. And so I didn't mention this earlier, but in the sales section of the book, one of the things we talk about is how to give a sales presentation to whoever is purchasing a private event. Um, So we train you on the slides that go into that and how to, how to walk your potential customer through them. Okay. So what do you have on the horizon for courses that you are thinking of putting in into this? Yeah. Uh, one of the things that we are just now mastering that we would love to make a course about is how to use Facebook ads to get gigs. So that is a really cool thing that like we have gotten pretty good at Facebook ads that you can spend a little bit of money, which I know that people don't like giving money to Mark Zuckerberg and I get that, but right now it is an extremely effective way to market your group and then get them to give you their email address and then get them to actually book you. And so if you can spend $50 on Facebook to get one person to book you, then it's worth it Yeah, because you've just made $600, $1,000, off of a $50 investment. Like you can't get those odds at Potawatomi. No, no, definitely not. Do you have like a resource for people that are part of book live that they can find gigs like a gig finder for them or is that all on them themselves we think it's better to teach musicians how to fish than give them fish okay uh at one point we had thrown around the idea of being a quote-unquote booking agency but honestly that's not where we want to go like we understand the role of booking agencies in this ecosystem and they do a lot of work and a lot of good work for you know, Milwaukee and Wisconsin musicians, but that's not where we want to be. Okay. We would rather help musicians understand the strategy of how to do this themselves, which could include, you know, join a booking agency, but here are some other ways too. So to be well-rounded, you know, we call them gigging pros instead of just musicians. Okay. Yeah. Just making sure that people are clear that this is not a booking agency it's a a resource book and a app that helps you put together not only musicians for coming gigs but like you said earlier with scheduling and just you know set lists and other things that you had talked about yeah marketing and sales too is there anything else you want to cover before um, i have you do a quick recap of everything so i also host the gigging musician podcast so you can find that on spotify or apple music And that is a free podcast, just like this one. But uh, what we focus on is, you know, 
some of the concepts that we talk about in the book, like how to create your offer stack or how to talk to somebody who wants to book you. Or even like I will record these podcasts in my car sometimes on the way home from gigs. Like here's how this gig went. All of these things went great, but here are the things that did not go so great that other musicians might make the same mistake. And here's how I would have fixed them. So check that out on your favorite podcast platform. Nice. So why don't you give us a recap of the, of the courses and your app? Awesome. Yeah. So we got the gigging secrets book, which is a free book at giggingsecrets.com. That is the underground playbook to make a living performing. It's step-by-step how to position yourself for the high paying gigs, how to market yourself as a musician, and then how to actually sell gigs in a very effective and consistent way. So you can get that for free. Um, That's at giggingsecrets.com. We also have a training course that's based on the Gigging Secrets book that, again, has similar concepts inside the book, but it dives deeper. So you can actually watch me on my computer screen as I set up a lot of the things that I talk about in the book. And um, there's also a private Facebook group for those who go through the course to get support as you're working on those things. And then once you get busy enough, or even if you're not busy enough, but you want to plan to be busy with all of your gigs, then you're going to be doing a lot of admin work that BookLive Pro can take off of your shoulders. So that is the software tool. You can check that out at booklivepro.com. It is $40 a month, but your first two weeks are totally free. And if you get busy enough to the fact where you're booking thousands of dollars of gigs a month because it's helping you do that, it pays for itself. Right. So you can try try that out for free at booklivepro.com. Excellent. Um, do you have any last words you want to um, say before I let you go? Uh, just thank you so much for having me on the Wisconsin Music Podcast. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for being on, Jared. It was a pleasure to, to meet you and hear about booklive.com and your resource book. Thank you so much for being on the Wisconsin Music Podcast. My pleasure. Thank you. Well, thanks, Jared, again, for being on the Wisconsin Music Podcast. I hope everyone that was listening in got a lot of great information and at least check out the free book that he is offering. And also check out the app. I think for some of you out there, that's going to be a time saver and also less worry for when you have live gigs coming up. And if you're interested in being on the podcast, I do have a guest request form, a real short form, just needs your name and your email and send that off to me and I'll send an auto email back to you asking for all your information that pertains to your organization, business, or performance group. If you're interested in any of my other ventures with ZTF Studio, either mixing, recording, editing, or any other audio issues that you may be in need of, you can contact me through my studio email, ztfstudio at gmail.com. Once again, that's ztfstudio at gmail.com. And you can also check out the website at ztfstudio.com. So thank you so much for listening in this week to the Wisconsin Music Podcast, and we'll see you next Tuesday. Thanks.